Hello, my little kitties. This is Nick Bryant with Tipping the Turtle. And as always, we have my broadcast partner, Jeffrey Silvers. You know, just two seconds ago, right before we started recording, I said to Nick, Nick, do you want to try the intro for once? And he's like, yeah. And then he did that to us, and I'm very sorry. This is... I'm not! I know. This is... (laughs) This is part two of Control Freaks. That was the episode we started last week, um where we talked about some of our favorite controllers, some weird controllers, lots of, uh, had, a, had a lot of fun with that. We're going to continue with this week, because we still have a bunch of controllers in front of us we didn't get to talk about uh, last time, so we're going to jump into that. We also have some controllers we're going to talk about that are not right in front of us, um, that are just weird things like the U-Force. We're going to talk about the U-Force here in a minute. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really strange stuff. <laughs> yeah, and uh, apparently Nick also... Decided to bring back his crazy villain voice from last week for the occasion. So that's... Whatever are you referring to, young man? That's fantastic. Anyways, also, I'm old, apparently. Yeah, you're an old villain. <laughs> I don't know where this is going, but this is Tipping the Turtle. So, uh, here in a bit, we're going to talk about some of Nick's um, other controllers he has here. He has some some awesome SNES controllers and a few other things we're going to look at. I wanted to talk about, um, and we alluded to this earlier, some of the otter controllers that have existed. Not otter, not like the animal. Otters don't usually use, they don't play video games. No, they just hold hands and get all cute with each other. They're vicious animals also. They're like terrible little shits. I have a tube full of otters that I force my enemies through. Ah, that was genuinely creepy. Good job. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but the, I wanted to talk about some of these. I don't own uh, any of these because that would be a waste of money and stupid. But uh, one of them is the U-Force. And I'll, I'll find a photo of this. This will be with our Facebook uh, post that we'll do, the, the Facebook album, so you can see it. Uh, but to give you an idea of what the U-Force was, it basically looked like a game of Battleship. Like you had, you know, a plastic base, like a rectangular plastic base, and then a rectangular wall, basically, that went up. Um, and you just, you try, the idea was you would put your hands basically just in midair and just use little hand gestures, and that would control the video game. It was one of those things that sounds... Like, um, it's, like, if you were in the 80s or the 70s... It would sound, like, futuristic. Yeah, like, ooh, oh, they don't even need controllers. Like, oh, what was that line in Back to the Future Part 2? You have to use your hands? That's like a baby's game. Yeah, but then they don't give any example of what to do otherwise. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They're just like, you have to use your hands? It's like, how else? Fucking Elijah Wood? How else? That was Elijah Wood. Yeah. And you, you did two movie references. I'm proud of you. What was my other movie reference? Just what Back else? to the Future. Just a movie. Uh-oh. You referenced a movie. Good job. I get two points for that. You got two points. <laughs> um, on a little Jeff scale. This this thing looks horrible. It's fucking stupid. I'm looking and at it right now. It's, it's terrible. It's got like all these toggles on the bottom. Why? I mean, it's a dumb controller. And it also, from what I understand, doesn't even do the stupid thing that it does well. Like, it's, which, yeah, I mean, how would it? It's, what do you fucking, 
it, it was one of those things that sounded futuristic, and then you make it, and you're like, oh, this is dumb. This is why this didn't exist before. Not because of technology, but because it's a stupid fucking idea. We didn't need it. <laughs> it's like what we're all going to think of flying cars when we eventually get flying cars, and they all just crash into the side of like a fucking skyscraper, <laughs> and we're like, oh, right. The reason we didn't have that is because not everyone should be a pilot. Yeah, w- weren't there some deaths already for like self-driving cars? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's technology. Oh, that we- that's right. And that's, like, kind of reasonable to, like, self-driving cars are like, yeah, if you could get the technology to work, that'd be good. If you could get the technology perfect on a flying car, still a dumb idea. You're going to kill everyone. I I will say that, like, this particular technology, they have done great strides in it. Like, the Oculus stuff, like, is really great with, like, gesture control. Oh, yeah, that that kind of stuff exists You can, like, move your hands in midair and stuff, but, like, this took... What, 30, 40 years after this came out <laughs> to perfect? Like, yeah, like 30 like years. Almost half a century. Like. Yeah, I mean, at least a quarter of a century. And by the way, I'm looking at it because we had Googled it so I could show Nick what this stupid thing looked like. It has, it's fucking licensed by Nintendo. It really is. It, it, has, the seal, it has the seal of quality, which is hilarious. The, the seal of quality. It's like, this. it's the seal of... You paid us for the seal. Um, but it's fucking... It's just a dumb-looking thing. Even when you see people playing it, like, their promotional image of somebody playing this thing looks stupid. Oh, it's it's horrible. Like, yeah. it's just like this little kid or Holy something. Holy shit, this is an eBay listing. It's $389. Oh <laughs> it's like $400. <laughs> Jesus what the Christ. Hell? Yeah, oh, so I... you, could buy, you could buy an Xbox Series 1. Or Xbox Series, what is it, X? I'm not cool. Xbox Series X. You can buy an Xbox Series X, or you could buy a U-Force controller for the NES that <laughs> will not work. Anyway, it's a dumb piece of shit. It's stupid. I I sound like I'm angry about it, and I kind of am. because no, somebody you're very angry Somebody, <laughs> Several people were paid money to design and test and market this thing, and all of them got paid for it, and then the U-Force happened. Um, there's another one sticking with the NES called the Hot Seat, and it was basically just this plastic, hard plastic shell of a chair that would pivot around, and when you would, when you would pivot this chair around, it would like, it was basically a replacement for the D-pad. What have you got against D-pads? I, I hate this thing, so nothing. I get, once again, another reason why we, somebody perfected eight-directional movement with a D-pad, and someone else was like, but what if we made it dumber and harder to use? <laughs> it's just hard plastic, so, like, if you, you pivot forward, it's like pressing the up button. If you pivot back, it's like pressing down and then left and right. And uh, there's a little joystick um, for, I think, or a little control thing for A and B and start and select it's, on the arm of it. it it's not for, even conducive to exercise like some cool controllers are where, like, you can, like, get... Aerobic yeah. benefits down. from this. You're just sitting down. And you're you're like exercising one muscle in your body, and that's the one that like moves your legs around or something. It's like, not conducive to exercise, but it's also hard plastic, so it's not even conducive to comfort. It fails as a controller and as furniture. It's all the comfort of like a bowling alley chair, <laughs> like it's, a fiberglass yeah. molded like 1970s bowling alley chair. 
that all bowling alleys have. If you ever sat in an old bowling alley and you said, God, I wish I could have this comfort at home and also play Super Mario poorly, the hot seat is for you. <laughs> um, if you can't handle the hot seat, get out of the bowling alley. <laughs> um, another one that's similar is the Rock and Roller, which uh, sounds neat. Sounds like sounds cool as shit. And yeah, it's dude, not. rock and roll. This was a this was by acclaim, and it was basically like a board that uh, was also in like a little pivot, and once again was a replacement for the D pad. So you would stand on this board that would you could shift in different directions, and it's like if you shift left, you press left; if you shift right, you press right. But um, it, you you any, if you've ever seen a video of someone using this thing, it just constantly looks like you're gonna fall off of it. Also, there's literally not a single game in existence, including the games published by Acclaim who made this controller <laughs> that you could actually play this with. That's the stupidest thing. Is it was made by a company that also published video games, and they didn't really bother to check, like, hey, do any of the games we publish work with this thing? Is there some possibility that we can sell our games... And the stupid controller. Like, they didn't even release a game for it that was, like, made for the rock and roller? No! <laughs> oh my god. They just... It's, I don't like, know... Like, wouldn't it have been cool if they made, like, a like a little... I mean, it was NES, so, like, whatever. But, like, some kind of, like, neat little situation where it's, like, a Crash Bandicoot kind of thing. But, like, not, you know, like, NES style. Because Crash Bandicoot, you got, like, you know, you're running all the time. Yeah, you know, or like Sonic or something. Like you're just going crazy, you know. Yeah, but but like nothing. It's just nothing. You're like you're supposed to play Mario with it. You know, I wonder if 3D World Runner, 3D World Runner maybe could be okay because that is from a third person perspective, and it's a. I mean, it's a 3D stuff. Have you never played 3D World Runner? No, but I played. Um, it's fun. Space Harrier. That's kind of the same. It's the same concept, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, except, I mean, you're not flying. That's the only difference. Yeah. You actually are flying in some of the levels, I think, in 3D World Runner. But anyway, um, yeah, a game like that... Maybe. Maybe. But, I mean, I've seen people use it. Even, I think, if you programmed a game to use this controller, it's just a bad concept. It's just dumb. Sounds really stupid. Yeah. Quit replacing the D-pad with things. If you replace it with a thumbstick, fine. That's but acceptable. What about an octagon? Yeah, no, no octagons... No fucking furniture. You know what? There's, no like, there's these guys sitting around in the, boards. the the dev labs for these things. And, like, they're just smoking a huge blunt or something. And they're just sitting there like, man, you know what, man? Like, eight directions, dude. Like, if you, <laughs> if you put, like, eight sides on it, man, it's like an octagon. You know, I normally... call it the turbo touch, man. <laughs> I normally hate when people make the, the joke that it's like they had to have been high to design this, but that's the only explanation that I can fucking come up with for some of that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody just got baked and was like, you know, what if it's like, you just touch it? What if you, like, touched it, but, like, it also had turbo? You know what I mean? Everything's just about, like, touch. <laughs> Everything's just touch. Um... So yeah, that's just that's dumb as shit. So those yeah. those are some examples. They all happen to be for the NES because the NES had a whole just plethora of dumb controllers made for it. You probably heard of the Power Glove and things like that. We're not uh, going to cover that. Like it's been covered to death. The Power Glove though is pretty also pretty stupid. Yeah. 
I've never actually put one on, but like the 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 other thing about the power glove is like, what if you're like a very large person, like like if you if you're very tall or like you have like very large hands or something like, you know, what if what if you just can't, or you're a little person, like what if you can't fit your hand into the power glove, like you've got problems already. Yeah, yeah it's it's just a dumb it's a dumb concept. Um, and it's one of those things that I feel like if you've never used it, you can look at it and you can you just know you're like, oh that doesn't work. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's not gonna. That's Precisely. terrible. Yeah. Um, also, Rob, that's a good. There's another one to bring up real quick before we get off of stupid, uh, stupid controllers. Rob really wasn't a controller. He interacted with the NES controller. I won't talk too much about it, but Rob was because Rob was really not intended to be a good accessory anyway. No, he was just trying I mean, to get into stores. He was a vehicle for video games to get back into stores. Yeah. Exactly. Like, the video game crash episode, which you should listen to, that we did, uh, explains this pretty well. But, like, video games were taboo at that point because they just had fucking failed as fuck. So, like, getting them back into stores was a huge challenge, and, and Nintendo really did the best that they could with it, and they did a great job. Yeah, so, so that was what Rob was for, but it, it was just basically a piece of crap. Yeah, <laughs> like it was. It was a fun robot. to look at, but yeah, it was a robot, and the only command it knew was deceive store owners. Deceive store owners. <laughs> um, anyway, we'll stop talking about crap and start talking about Nick's crap. Because oh. Nick has some pretty cool. Thanks. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It adds an, an extra little like spice to the crap because I own it. This is the that is the worst segue I have ever I have ever attempted. I am quite sorry, but Nick does have some uh, very cool Super <laughs> Nintendo controllers, and we're going to talk about those. I'm going to start off with one of my favorites. Um, actually, uh, I don't even really know what to call this. Um, it doesn't really have a great name. It's just uh, the SN Pro Pad is what it's called. Let's see. Does it have a company attached to it? Oh my god, it's Interact, the same people that made the Super Pad. Oh no I shit! Ne- yeah, I never looked at this before. This is called the SN Pro Pad, it's for the Super Nintendo. Oh, the Interact logo is right on the front too. It, it sure is, yep, never looked at it. So uh, I had this as a kid, this was one of my first generic controllers. I love this controller. This is not Super Pad level great, but like... Um, you know, make sure that you get a picture of this on the site because, um, on Facebook, because this is a translucent, see-through, like, outer casing for this. So you can see all the internal components, you can see the circuit board and everything. Um, left-hand side we've got a regular old D-pad, which is nice and stiff. It's really, really a great D-pad. Um, I love the way this feels. Um, this is not my original, but I have my original still, and it's broken. I could not bear to throw it away because it's so great. On the right-hand side, you've got all the, the buttons, YXBA. Uh, they are all convex, just like a super pad. I'm assuming they're probably the same buttons as a super pad would use. They might be. They look uh, they look the same. Nick, I can't look at the super pad because Nick had to take it away from me. <laughs> I had to take it away. Yeah, we were sitting here just kind of <laughs> holding it and pressing buttons, and he's like, all right, that's that's enough. Yeah, yeah get out the lipstick, Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> but uh, but these, actu- these buttons are actually like a little bit closer to the actual frame of it, so they don't like poke out as far, which I, I actually love that because that's very akin to a normal Super Nintendo controller, so this is really doing it justice. 
Um, but then on the top, you have these really awesome looking, I know Jeff's going to love this, you have these really awesome looking L and R buttons, and you can see the very heavy duty springs underneath them. Oh god, you can, those Look are huge. Look at that thing. It's like a fucking bed spring. <laughs> yeah, man. Jesus. These things are awesome. Man. Like that, that's the same kind of spring you'd use in like a car part. You mind if I, I don't, you know, I've seen this controller in your collection, I don't think I've ever actually handled it. Oh, you know, if it had the, the fat at, the yeah, it doesn't have the sad back like you like yeah. you like, but it's got the flat back. Yeah, it's uh It feels so good when you play it on an actual game. It might, yeah. I, I I'm having a hard time getting comfortable with it, although I do appreciate the uh the L and R buttons on this are very nice. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. Sir Mix a lot's your favorite hip hop artist too. So Because uh, <laughs> I like my controllers to have back. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I got it. So another cool feature is uh, they actually have uh, turbo buttons for these. They call them auto buttons instead of turbo buttons on this. Um, it goes from the very... And they have a little diagram, too, which is really cool. They have it for all the buttons, including L and R. And if you put it all the way to the left, that's off. And then you have semi-auto in the middle, and then full auto on the right. And they even depress a little bit when you push them, so just such nice quality. You're not going to see this in generic controllers these days. Like, they depress a little bit. Yeah, they're like, you push it down, push and, it over. And they're just like, oh man. Oh. Oh. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but this controller just looks amazing. Like, it is, it's got like those pop-out colors like on a Super Famicom and all of the turbo buttons match those colors which is so cool. It does, it does look very nice. The D-pad felt pretty good, and I like the L and R buttons. Yeah, this yeah. this thing's just amazing. I love this controller. So, and apparently, it's related to the Super Pad, my other favorite one. So they're like brothers. They are or something. I don't know how that works. But they were probably just the cheaper, cheapest ones at Walmart at the time. But uh, you know, whatever. This is the the one you're about to talk about next. This is the um, Super Nintendo controller that I wanted to talk about because it has the strangest button configuration. This is very, very odd. Yeah. Um, this thing is shaped like a... What the fuck would you call this, even? Mistake. <laughs> it's, <laughs> this is shaped like a mistake. Um, it's actually kind of like, if you turn it, like, facing you, like, up toward the ceiling, it's kind of shaped like a G, like a lowercase G. It looks like a painter's palette. <clears throat> it does. Actually, no, that's perfect. It looks exactly like a tiny painter's palette. <laughs> It's terrible. Um, the plastic is, is nice, hard plastic, but like... But there's too much of it. It's fucking everywhere. Like, There's way too much of it. Yeah. Uh, the back has grooves like it's some kind of construction project. <laughs> and it actually has a place for a AAA battery. I'm going to open the battery compartment here. It doesn't have one in it right now. I'm assuming that this is because this controller is actually designed to where you can program it. For certain button combinations, I'm very surprised it doesn't have a battery in there for when I bought it that's, like, corroded like out, corroded out yeah. like, like horrible to play. So I, I guess maybe I lucked out in the collector's market for these fucking weird things. It's by a company called Suncom. I've never heard of them before. Um, on, I, I hesitate to even say the left-hand side, but, like, sort of, like, left-middle... There is a weird gray circle, and on the inside of it is a rocker-style D-pad, which is, as far as I can tell, one solid button. Like, you can't even... I, can't, I cannot seem to detect that I'm moving. 
I'm I'm watching Nick just move his thumb around this this D pad. It's not even just, moving. It looks like a nasty piece of shit. Yeah. I mean, this is <laughs> like a rancid piece of shit. <laughs> you, should, you should see this piece of shit he's holding right now. I mean, you will see it if you go to our Facebook page. Um, so, this is fucking terrible. And what Jeff's talking about with the button layout, this is so crazy. So we have a YBXA, of course, and it's in an okay place. Like, I could see maybe playing some, some Mario with this or something. But then right above the D-pad on the left, center or wherever it is, sort of catty corner, it has select and start buttons. Gigantic select and start buttons. And in just a dumb place. They're in an extremely dumb place. Like, you, you, you go from the D-pad to select and start. So, like, I can see, like, moving really vigorously and hitting just, start. But just, I mean, and why, like, <clears throat> up, why diagonally up and above the D-pad? I just, I don't understand. The only thing I think of is it just was different. And they everything about this controller screams to me, we needed this to be different for some reason. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to like different. spin forever on this, but like here's the other quirks. So, not only does it have YBXA, but it has a separate button. And mind you, there are L and R buttons on the top, which are really squishy, weird, gross, like thin little lipstick buttons that don't make sense. But aside from those and the YBXA, there is a button that I've never seen on any other Super NES controller, which is the reason I bought this. It says Y plus B. So there's a, literally a button that says Y plus B. There is a there is a dedicated button for just, like, if you press that, it's like pressing Y and B at the same time. Random ass combination. What game do you ever play where you might either need to suddenly press Y and B at the same time, and you can't just do that, I guess? Yeah, like, pressing that button and pressing Y and B is the exact same thumb motion. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't understand what the problem is. Well, and I mean, there's I've never played a game where I had to press Y and B right away at the same time, or where I had to hold Y and B down for a long time. So there's no... It's the most random fucking button combination. Yeah, it doesn't no make No reasons. <clears throat> Which, of course, is why I bought it. Um, obviously, it takes a battery, so there's an on-off switch here, and a little LED light that probably indicates whether it's on or off. Um, there's a T button and an A slash E button. Don't know what those are. I'm assuming there was an instruction manual at one point with these. So, like, this this is definitely, like, a programmable controller, but, like, it just doesn't make any sense to me, is the thing. Like, it's just, it's huge, by the way. And the dimensions of it are weird. Nothing is even. Like, <clears throat> if you look at the amount of space between that Y and B button, which is on the far right, there's this tiny little sliver of plastic between that button and the edge of the controller. But then if you look on the left at the D-pad, you have, like, a fucking football field of plastic before you get from yes. the D-pad to the end of the controller. Nothing about the... It's a random-ass controller all around. I also want to mention that... I just noticed this. The, the screws on this thing are the size of normal screws that you would use to, like, screw a 2 by 4 Yep. That yeah. looks like you... Like, I would get out my construction-level, like, Phillips screwdriver to unscrew these. I, we should really take a look at this sometime, like, on the inside, and see that. Maybe an episode... Hey, hey, let us know if you want to see an episode about, like, the innards of things. 
And we can take things, things like this apart. That'll probably have to be our first, like, video episode if we do something like that, because that's going to definitely have to be a visual type we'll thing. We'll just describe every circuit. <laughs> this circuit runs along this line. Anyway, those are those. Um, I have two, two, two or three little categories left here. Um, I'll run over those pretty quick here. But um, one of them, uh, we, we both like this kind of thing. Uh, it is branded controllers from, like, video rental stores. Or just like video, like stores where they sell video games. Like they used to make their own generic controllers. They would have like house brands. Where <clears throat> usually they wouldn't make them, but they would like they would buy them from another company, and then they would just put their brand, their store name on them. Yeah, and you've got a pretty cool one here, I think. Oh yeah, this is my favorite. So actually, let me let me do the stupid one first. It's an N sixty four controller. There's a video game chain around here. Um, if for some reason you are the only listener that is listening to this, not in like the Missouri, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Kansas area, <laughs> um, there is a chain around here called Game Exchange, and they they seem to have branded this particular controller. Really tight joystick, actually. Oh, it's not and bad. N64 yeah. controller. It's just like the Super Pad that I mentioned earlier. That's not the cool one, but the Star Wars one, I, I think I called it. Um, it has a slow button and a turbo button. If I remember correctly, you hold the button. Like, if you want to make a button slow, you hold it, press the button, release the slow button, and then it becomes the slow button. Or that's, whatever. That's a, and the same that's thing with turbo. tedious as shit. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Otherwise, nothing notable about this, except for it has Game Exchange's old logo on the, the very front of it, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. You can't really, like, go on eBay and buy these. Nick and I were talking about I can't remember if I have a Genesis controller that's like this or if I just saw one. But I think I own a Genesis controller with that same... Uh, that's where I am in my life is if you asked me all of the controllers I owned, some of them I'm like, I'm not sure. I may not or may, I may, or may sure. not own that. Uh, the crowning jewel of this one, though, is... Uh, the crown jewel is... Uh, it, I mean, obviously, this is just a... This, I believe this was made in Taiwan or something. Yeah, made in Taiwan. Um, it is... Uh, which doesn't necessarily mean low quality. Just, you know, it's just one of those things. But it's a uh, same form factor as a normal Genesis controller. It has a slightly larger D-pad, I think, if I'm not mistaken. But it is a Blockbuster Video brand controller. So on the back, they have a really nice, which is in really good condition, a nice silver sticker with the Blockbuster Video, like, ripped-off ticket logo on it. And it is a three-button controller, but it actually has six buttons on the face. Now, Genesis, as you may know, had three-button controllers and then later six-button controllers for things like... Um, Street Fighter. Street Fighter, uh, Eternal something. Eternal Champions? Eternal Champions, yeah. yeah. That's actually one of my favorite games on Genesis, but I don't know why I didn't remember the name, but... Anyway, this one has... it's like midnight as we're recording this. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, it has A, B, and C buttons like normal, but above those buttons are three Blockbuster Blue A, B, and C Turbo buttons, mm. which is awesome, and then the Start button is Blockbuster Blue, too. So, very, very cool. I, I really, really like this controller. And it was just like a dollar hanging on somebody's wall in a flea market. Did you read the generic description at the top of that? Oh, yes. Uh, at the top, instead of saying Genesis or Blockbuster or anything, it says, Video Game Computer Control Pad. Yeah, I love that for some reason. It's yeah, what computer are you going to hook this up to, it's the It is the most generic way you could possibly describe a controller. Oh, yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, the most generic yet wordy way. <laughs> right. 
Um, one controller I want to talk about before we yeah. jump into uh, some of Nick's here. We haven't really touched on Atari 2600 controllers. There were a lot of third-party controllers for oh the 2600. Um, and Atari made some of their own as well. Their own controllers, obviously. Um, and it does have... You know, the Atari came with probably the most iconic controller. Just a single joystick, the one button. You still see that used as a placeholder for just controllers. Like the, oh, yeah. Like on my Roku, the... Um, on our, We have a, a couple Roku TVs in our house, and the icon for, like, a video game input just looks like an Atari 2600 and has that controller right on it. Exactly. Everyone knows it. Yeah, exactly. Um, But there was a controller, uh, and this requires the tiniest bit of backstory. Coleco, who made the ColecoVision, also released an Atari 2600 clone, which is fucking hilarious to me. Uh, They made a clone for the 20... That would be... It would be like if Microsoft made a clone of the PlayStation 5. Like... (laughs) And just got away with it, and they could just sell it, and they just called it something else. Um, they made the uh, system called the Coleco Gemini, which was just a clone of the 2600. It played 2600 games. Um, and, but it came with, the cool thing was it came with a controller that they had designed that built in both the joystick and the paddle, which the paddle controller was the one that had like the little dial, and it would move back and forth. Wasn't that for tennis or something, or was that the driving one? Uh, no, you would use you could use it for like... Um, I think uh, Video Olympics, which is Pong, basically, yeah. and several other games used it. I think Warlords used it. It's just um, like a roller instead of a... Yeah, just like a disc that rolls back and forth. And Yeah. Um, but the, the Gemini controller combined those two. So you would have the Gemini controller that had a... Jo- it was like a rectangle with a joystick on the bottom, and then the top part was the, was the roller. I own one of those. It's a little finicky, the one I have. It doesn't work perfectly, but it's... A, Actually, if you can find one, kind of a nice, all space-saving solution for just having a good, you know, all-in-one Atari 2600 controller, I'm sort of surprised Atari didn't think of that, or no one else, because no one else really made a controller like that. It's like the only Atari 2600 controller I see that has both components built in like that. It's the only one I've ever heard of. Yeah. Um, but I, I wanted to mention that. Um, and probably the one of the more iconic kinds of controllers that isn't a traditional controller, and that's the NES Zapper, and also the Super Scope, which isn't as iconic, but the NES Zapper is, of course, the famous either orange or gray, depending on which version you had, um, gun that would, uh, was a light gun, you know, you would use it on games like Duck Hunt and um, Hogan's Alley. Hogan's Alley to the Earth was a game that I had that I loved. Um, The technology doesn't work on modern televisions, People have tried to come up with solutions for that, um, but for reasons we won't get into here, it won't work on a modern television. But yeah. um, another very iconic kind of controller, and then the Super Scope was the Super Nintendo equivalent of it. But yeah, that's the one that you mounted on your shoulder like a rocket launcher. Yeah, that one was weird. I didn't, I really didn't understand the transition between the NES Zapper, which makes sense, and it's just a pistol. It's just a pistol. It's a pistol you hold in your hand. And then they went from that to the Super Scope, and like Nick said, it's a fucking... It looks like a bazooka. Yeah. It's huge, and it really does sit on your shoulder, and you have to look through a scope. I will say one thing. Have you ever played Metal Combat for it? No. Okay, that's the one that it came packaged with, if I remember correctly. We actually did get one of those at one point when I was a kid, which is very strange. We didn't get a lot of peripherals like that, but we just... 
managed to, like, they bought one of those for some reason, and we played it for, like, an hour. <laughs> and, and then, like, everybody in the house was like, this is stupid, and they ended up taking it back to Walmart or wherever the fuck that they did it. But, like, for some reason, I still have the Metal Combat game. Like, I guess they just didn't throw it back in the box or something. <laughs> but, like, you, you can't play that with a controller. There's no option. You have to yeah. play with the Super Scope. It's actually kind of fun, but the problem is the Super Scope is horribly inaccurate. You have to be an adult with it on your shoulder to properly aim it, because when you're a kid, like, it just doesn't work that way. Like, your arms yeah. aren't long enough. So, so, like, you're just trying to, like, like sort of grab it by the, like, shaft. And, I like, mean, you... <laughs> it looks... To see a child use one, it looks like what it would look like to see a child use a bazooka. You look like a child soldier, and that's tragic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While, while we're making this video games podcast, let's talk a bit about child soldiers around the world that are child soldiers, and you know, you should really, uh, you should think twice about uh, throwing, buying about buying a super scope. Yeah, about buying a super scope, <laughs> or about throwing those plastic rings into the ocean. Listen, Just think about it next time. Stop supporting child soldiers. Recycle your batteries. Recycle your batteries. Don't buy a super scope. Yeah. But I just don't understand how they went from the zapper, which was a natural... And by the way, you talked about, like, yeah, you play for an hour, and that's like, this is dumb, and you return it. How many How many people do you think returned the Aeneas zapper because they thought Duck Hunt was stupid? None. None, because Duck Hunt's Cause fucking Because you're shooting fun. a freaking duck, dude. And it's fun, It's and it's a nice, it feels good in your hand. I mean, it's... it's what a weird... Say what you want about Nintendo, but, like, they are just geniuses getting people to keep the shit that they oh, buy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how, how many Nintendo things have you returned? Like, yeah, sure, the Super Scope, but, like... And I mean, like, the Virtual Boy. Yeah. What else, though? Nothing. Like, yeah. Like, the Labo stuff? You're gonna return some cardboard, buddy? Really? <laughs> that was, that was like, their marketing for it. Like, what, you gonna fucking return it? It's cardboard. <laughs> it's cardboard. You really wanna go... You really wanna bring this shit to Walmart, to the return desk? And I have tell to them return I'm, this cardboard? I'm bringing back my box? Fuck you, buddy. That was the sales pitch for Labo. Oh, Fuck you, wanna, you, buddy. Oh, oh, oh. You cats want to play with the box instead of the product? Well, I'll give you the box. And then they <laughs> literally make a box that you print out. Anyway. And people are still like, this is kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to talk about those. Um, and uh, And that's all I've got for that. All right. Well, I've got a couple of uh, of other things I want to talk about. The last little set of like weird peripherals I have. This this table looks very bare now. We covered all the the crazy stuff. So I don't. I put these all in the same category. I don't know if they're technically supposed to be in the same category, but um, earlier we were actually running through these, and you called the PlayStation one that I had the PlayStation One controller an ASCII pad, A S C I I pad, uh-huh. um, which is what it's called. Uh, but then I have two other controllers that are in a very similar style to this, so I just included them in the same thing, because yeah. I'm assuming they're, like, sort of the same concept. I'm actually going to go a little wonky and start with the PlayStation 1 controller, because it is the actual ASCII iPad. I don't know why they call it this, but basically you're looking at a... This This is probably the most Batarang controller of them all that I've seen so far. Like, it is... Wouldn't you say it's like... Yeah, I mean, it's like... Well, I'm trying to think of what I would even compare that to, but that's, it's basically, it just looks like a, a regular controller and then just handles. Yeah, kind of yeah. like curved handles. It's like sort of a circle, like a semicircle. 
Uh, the D-pad is extremely strange. It uh, It's a yeah. rocker pad, but it has, like, little divots in it or something. It is weird. That is a weird-looking D-pad. You're right. Yeah, it's, it's very odd. It's very odd, but it feels pretty good. Yeah. Um, on the right, we have the normal PlayStation buttons, because PlayStation is nothing if not consistent. Uh, on the top, we have lipstick-style, really thin R1, R2, L1, L2 buttons. I hate them. <laughs> I just hate they them. Look, they, they look kind of fun. Like, I can't, like, I'm putting both, like, fingers from each hand on, on them, and they just feel terrible. This thing is really flat. It's maybe about an inch, possibly an inch and a half wide. So there's just not enough room to move around. I don't know what makes this an ASCI pad, but... That's the company. ASCII is the company? Yeah. It's uh, it's also like a text format, though. Yeah, it's That's what company. throws me off. ASCII. I think it's the it's same actually, company? I think it's actually pronounced ASCII, now that I'm saying that. I said ASCII earlier. ASCII. And, and now I'm realizing that was stupid. I think it's ASCII. All That's right, ASCII then. Corporation. Okay, so aside from the weird-ass layout, we also have um, what I perceive to be an off slow turbo button switch for every one of the buttons. Why would you need an off button for the button? I think it's just so it just turns it to normal, is what I'm thinking. So, like, all the way to the left is normal, or maybe in the middle. When I bought it, everything was set in the middle, so I'm assuming that's something like that. But but then what screws me up is there's also a button near the select and start, which is a square and a triangle on its side for some reason. Um, it says slow, and it's got two two selections. So I don't know what all of these buttons do. But it's very strange. It's like, the thing that sets these apart from the other ones is it's got all these buttons, but then it has toggles for each one of the buttons for multiple settings. Is basically the, the category here. I don't know what these are. But, okay, I'm going to call them assy pads. So that was my assy pad for <laughs> PS1. Uh, there's also one for a Super Nintendo. This one is actually super cool. I think that... This would be really neat to use with um, something like what we might talk about on the next episode, where you play um, Game Boy Advance games on a Super Nintendo hardware. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. It's going to be fun. So this one, uh, super fucking cool. It actually doesn't have any shoulder buttons, but it does still have L and R buttons. What? Yeah. So the uh, the super or the uh, the directional pad, the D pad on the left hand side is actually, I believe, either molded from or or repurposed an, an actual Super Nintendo D-pad. That's exactly what it feels like. It looks like it. Yeah, it does look very similar. It's even got the little texture on it, like in the light. You see that? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, it, exactly. it definitely looks like they... Um, I don't think it was produced by Nintendo, so I doubt it. No, would, it I don't, definitely I was don't, not. Yeah, I don't think it was molded from the same, but it definitely looks like they uh, did a good job of replicating it. Yeah. And then on the, the right-hand side, this is where it really shines. Uh, you have a YBXA, a little bit more tilted than I like, but they are convex buttons, just like the Super Pad. Very cool, like, feels pretty natural. But then instead of just YBXA, in the same exact arc, it has L and R as actual buttons on the face, instead of shoulder buttons. And a way to describe this, I think, that, that works pretty well is... Imagine a Super Nintendo controller with no shoulder buttons, but on the right, it has the lay a layout similar to, like, the six-button Genesis controllers. Exactly. And it's the top, uh, the very top button, and then the kind of top right button are L and R instead of being, you know, one of the face buttons. So basically, your shoulder buttons are on the face. 
But the cool thing about this particular controller that I totally forgot is it's also a Blockbuster video exclusive. Oh, it is, isn't it? Yep. Hey. Isn't that crazy? <clears throat> and, it, and it even has like an outline of where you would have a battery cover on the back, but there's no opening. It's so just like they, they drilled used... it into the back, but there's it's useless. So like they, it was probably the same, like it might have been a programmable controller that they made at one point, and then they yeah, just made a version that wasn't, but they kept the same. Yeah, playing around. Can I see that one? Yeah, here you go. Let me see. I'm going to take a look at that. I do like the buttons on this one. While he's looking at that, I'm going to run over my last uh, assy controller here. This is a Genesis controller. This is legitimately a six-button controller. It's the only six-button Genesis controller that we've got, so it's got ABC and then XYZ. Uh, which, by the way, super cool naming convention on those buttons. ABC, XYZ, very Sesame Street. <clears throat> The D-pad, totally normal Genesis D-pad. This thing is maybe three-fourths of an inch thick. It is definitely, I take it back, this is the most battering one. Because it's black, and it's literally shaped like a battering with no points on it. It's like, I could skip the, if I took all the cords off of this, I could skip it across a river <laughs> like 25 times. Uh, each This is my favorite turbo layout, actually, because... Um, in the middle, between the D-pad and the regular buttons, it's got like a single row, A, B, C, X, Y, Z, all of them toggles, all of them have three settings, and the very bottom is nothing, then you got turbo in the middle, and H on the top. I don't know what H is. I'm guessing it's high turbo, or like, something like that. Then you got your uh, start button, but you also have a mode button. Which I'm guessing switches back and forth between some mode. I don't know what mode. And then a slow or non-slow. Uh, that's the... The Genesis controllers had a mode button that um, switched them between six and three button modes. Oh, shit. There you go. Yeah. Yep, that's what that was. This is actually, like, a really super comfortable controller to hold for Genesis. I don't have the same, like, I have to hold it a certain way thing with yeah. Genesis like I do with Super Nintendo for some reason, so I, I'm one of those, like, push-button, like, old boomer guys whenever I'm using Genesis, you know, because you never need to, like, hold more than one button at once, so. That's all of my collection buttons, or controllers with all these things, so that's what I have there. The only other thing I had was, um, I wanted to very, very briefly, because this doesn't really count so much in what we're talking about, but there are a lot of modern controllers out there that are extremely interesting, and if you're a fan of retro gaming and emulation and things like that, you should really check some of these out. One of my favorite companies is 8-Bit Doe. So it's, it's all one word, the numeral 8-Bit D-O. And uh, they have a really great controller that I've been using for a long time um, called the SN30 Pro. And it looks like a Super Nintendo controller, but it has two sets of L and R buttons. So it's got L1, L2, R1, R2 on the top. Um, it also has uh, two joysticks on the front. So you could actually even use this to play something like Fallout 4 if you wanted yeah. to. Uh, they, uh, I think most of them connect to the Switch. Yep, they all connect yeah. to the Switch, every single one of them. And uh, y your computer as well, PC, Switch. I believe these also connect to Mac. Like, you can yeah. just hook them up to anything. Super Raspberry comfortable. Pi. Yeah, they're really, really comfortable. Um, <laughs> this particular one, like the L and R buttons, kind of... Rub me the wrong way sometimes, but uh, you get used to it after a while. 
Um, there's also like a little $20 controller is the last one I'll mention. And it's also by 8-Bit but it's like the size of, I don't know, it's like two inches long. It's something very, very tiny. You could like stick it in your like... Yeah, it's intentionally a very small controller so you can just carry it with you anywhere. Yeah. I believe it's just like basically a t- teeny tiny little... Super Nintendo controller is the layout. It's got, like, the four face buttons and the D-pad and the two top buttons. Uh, I've hooked it up to my phone before, and I've hooked it up to a computer before and a Raspberry Pi, and they, it's worked really great. Battery life is outstanding. All these things tend to charge with uh, USB-C, so. so a lot of really cool peripherals for modern devices. Just, you know, it all depends on what you're trying to do. I will say that uh, the sign... The Surefire sign that the 8-bit Doe uh, SNES controller he was describing, or in SNES-like, it's a, they're all USB or Bluetooth controllers, but um, the way you can tell that it is just a really good controller is I'm just sitting here fidgeting with it as oh, he's yeah. talking, and it just it feels so fucking good in your hand. It's like thick, too. I almost dropped it. It's it's thicker than a SNES controller, and I like that. And it's like got I, heft to it as well. I like, a, I like a kind of heavy controller that's a little thicker than normal ones. There was a... There was an NES clone uh, that came out a few years ago. I think it was the Generation Nex, was what it was called. Clever. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it was not a very good clone, from what I understand. It looked cool, but it just had a lot of compatibility issues. But the controller for it, they made a wired controller for it that you could buy, or that maybe came with it. And it looks fucking thick. It's like like a fucking deep dish pizza. I mean, it is like a thick... It It's... Probably a little thicker than this 8-bit dough controller, it wow. looked like. And I fucking I wanted that controller. I didn't care anything about the system. The controllers are, like, hard to find and expensive. I wanted this fucking controller. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so fucking heavy. I will say that uh, another thing they've been doing lately is uh, arcade-style controllers. Like, mm. have you seen some of those, like, really nice oh, yeah. premium arcade controllers that they have? I can't think of the name of any of them, but... God, there's, there's a bit Doe has one that's extremely advanced. Yeah. And it's it's got two two players, like it's got two joysticks, two pads, and it's just one giant hunk of hardware. It's got like metal and like glass and stuff like that. It's just very nicely made. And from what I understand, those things are just super cool. You can like do it's got like three or four different kind of hookups you can put in things. Like Christ. Yeah, it's it's just great, like super cool. If you're an arcade fan, like you got to look into some of these modern controllers because they just make them out the ass. You know, the the best we had when I was a kid was the NES Advantage, which we didn't actually have when I was a kid. I got one as an adult, um, but uh, but the NES Advantage, which was an NES controller that had a joystick and it was supposed to be like an arcade experience, and it's okay and it has nice it's pretty big, good. Yeah, it's okay. It's pretty good. It has nice big round buttons like you'd see in an arcade, but. Um, the shit that's out there now is like fucking Outstanding. high quality, and yeah. I mean they make it to last where you could just bash those buttons for years. You, you know? have to like if they made it any like that's the one place like you can skimp on controllers if you're a company making controllers. You can totally skimp on those. People will buy them. People won't bother to return them. But if you skimp on a fucking arcade controller, you'll cost three hundred dollars. Yeah, someone's gonna come to your fucking company and return that fucking thing. I mean, they're not gonna stand for that. Yeah, <laughs> like, like the, some these of these are the, purists we're talking about, right? And like some of like the the new arcade re-releases they do, like arcade one up. You sometimes hear about like, oh yeah, the buttons get kind of mushy after a while, or you know. That's like a fucking dedicated Cancel. arcade. <laughs> yeah, that's a dedicated arcade unit, and people are like, I don't know, the buttons aren't great, so. 
these arcade controllers that are like that's somehow stand up better than what is essentially an actual arcade machine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's incredible. You so, have to be a high quality with these. That's why they come with such a high price tag, is because yeah. they're actually doing high quality work. Like that's what all these old timers are always complaining about. Um, I guess we're kind of old timers now, but yeah. like there, there used to be a lot of like really like even these knockoff controllers that we're we've been reviewing here, like even this old blockbuster controller, this plastic is nice quality plastic. Like yeah. they used to make these things really nice, but like they also didn't cost two dollars. You know, they cost like you know, ten bucks for an off brand or something like that. Yeah. These arcade machines, like if they made a fifty dollar arcade stick, that fucking thing would be dead in like a month because yeah. of all the like hardcore stuff. But like Well fuck, we we bought off brand we made the mistake of buying off brand Joy Cons. Oh man, for the Switch. Yeah. Bad. <laughs> they, they failed, didn't they? Right? Like, uh, they we've had problems every now and again with them. Yeah, yeah. There's some drift and things like that. I'm sure. Like, that seems to be a big problem with they just don't charge all of a sudden. That's like, and every review I've read of a third party Joy-Con, they're like, yeah, they just stopped charging after like two weeks. Yeah, I mean, because like, sure, it works right, right out of the box. You know, it's like real cheap and stuff. So like, if you're buying for an emergency slumber party or something, like, okay, but emergency slumber party—I <laughs> don't know. But uh, like, you know, we've got such a disposable culture now. Like, it's really difficult to find things that are high quality. So like, when we're looking at all these old controllers, like, sure, some of them are like nuts, and like, there's buttons on them that don't make sense, and. And they're stupid looking, or maybe they feel terrible when you play with them, or they're just dumb. But, like, all of these things, with some exceptions, are very high quality. And now, the only time you can find high quality is with extremely high prices. Because that's what it costs to be high quality in a disposable culture. And, and like... Or OEM. Or OEM, yeah. O- OEM is always great, because that's where they really splurge. Like, they're not going to make the stuff that comes with your Xbox Series X fail after two weeks because then they're just going to get a non-stop Twitter flurry about it and like stuff like that. So OEM, um, for anyone who doesn't know, that that's the original um, equipment manufacturer. So that would be like a Nintendo brand Joy-Con, uh, a Sony brand PlayStation controller. That That's what we mean when we say OEM. And those are always, almost always very high quality yeah. and usually close to the top of the line or it's the top of the line. They screw them up quite a bit, but, like, you know, they'll always, like... Well, Nintendo has had... you know? Nintendo's had issues with the Joy-Con and the Drift, so I guess there's that. But Nintendo, other than that, has had a goddamn immaculate record with their controllers. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, even if you look at their stupid consoles, which I guess is just, like, two of them. Virtual Boy Boy and Wii U. Yeah, Wii U, yeah. Virtual Boy. Those are the only ones. Like, they're still really high quality. Like, the controllers on the Virtual Boy are kind of cool. Yeah. Like, I would use those. Like, I wish I had a Virtual Boy controller that I could use for, like, Game Boy games on, like, like Super Game if, Boy. If somebody would... I, I wish somebody would make a Virtual Boy clone controller the way that, like, 8BitDo has with uh, oh, Super, yeah. with SNES controllers. No one will do it because no one wants it. There's but... only, like, eight games for Virtual Boys. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly, but this is the the whole fun thing about collecting these controllers is that, like, yeah, sure, we ran out of stuff to collect because we, you know, got all the games that we had when we were kids and stuff like that, but, like, there's all these things that you just used, used to take them for granted. You yeah. see, even see them in things like dollar stores, like, back in the day, and, and it's just, like, 
all of this stuff is super collectible, and it survived because it was high quality, even if it was crazy. Yeah. And it's just really fun to collect, e- even if it's broken. Like, you know, manuals, controllers, all these things. So cool to collect. This is why it's it's fun. This is why we think it's so great to do this. So that's why I have a giant pile of things I'll probably never touch, but are, like, super fun to talk about. So, Well, this episode's been a lot of fun. Um, but we... we had a really good time, probably touched some lives, talking about some controllers. Oh, I'll touch some lives through my otter tubes. Yeah. Um, it's worse with it's worse if you guys can see the hands he does when when he's making that voice. What's wrong with my mighty hands? You're gonna have to have something new next week, man. Ugh. Next week we're gonna be talking about cheat devices, which is gonna be a whole lot of fun, game genies and game sharks and that kind of thing. So we're looking forward to that. But um. In the meantime, it's been great. We will catch you guys next week. Well, hang on a second, though, because uh, we, we haven't done Nick's picks yet. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if we're going to do Nick's picks anymore, man. No, come on. That's, I just got I got an, a legitimate... It's actually like a foreign game. It's pretty interesting. Well, hold on, hold on. Here's the deal, though. The last, what, three times? The last three weeks, we I've let you do Nick's picks. I say let. It's a joint broadcast here, but we carved out time for you to do Nick's picks the last three episodes. The last three episodes, you have recommended Superman 64. You know, I wouldn't even begin to even know how to respond to that. It's the truth. That's It's what ha- it's literally documented. People can fucking listen no, to man, it. Man, tell your truth. Three, you know? Just speak your truth. That is, that's not my truth. That's actual reality. The last three times we've done this show... You have done, you have recommended Superman 64. I don't feel comfortable letting you do this you know again what? because I know you're going to recommend I'm take your word for it, you know? But like... It's it, not my... It's not, you know, I don't have to tell you this like super cool French game. All right, all right, but, all right. Uh, fine, fine, fine. This is... I swear to God, if you recommend Superman 64 again, I'm going to lose my shit. But I want to say I'm washing my hands of this now, okay? All right. I'm, not, okay. I'm no longer you know, sanctioning this segment. This is officially an unsolicited Nick pick. All right? <laughs> All right, you got it. All right, yeah. you said that I'm hitting what, send on the unsolicited Nick pick here. All right, fine. What What do you have for the listeners? You can. Right, you're so free to quit listening now. By the way, anyone listening to this, you're free to drop off now. Actually, you're tied to your seats. As far as I'm concerned, the, this has been tipping the turtle. Blah blah blah. The show's over, but Nick's going to talk about his his game that he swears to God is not Very Superman sixty four. Well. All right, <clears throat> all right. This is actually one of the most uh, early exam. It's the earliest one. I think it might even be the earliest example of a world-building kind of game. Mm-hmm. Like, you played Minecraft. Everybody's played Minecraft. Yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, you know, like, MMORPGs, things like that. You know, you, you've got this huge, like, swath of, of lore and things like that. Uh, this is one of the earliest examples. Um, it was for a, a retro console. I'm not going to tell you which one yet. Okay. But um, but I, I could not find it in English or any other language. I only found it in French. I believe it was a French-only game. Oh, um, <clears throat> that is that is kind of different. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I did a, a really extensive Google search, and like I, you know, I mean, you know me, I'm always googling things, and I, uh, I try to come up with unique concepts. And uh, let me let me just look this up really quick. I think it was called. I'm going to tell you the foreign name this time because, well, foreign name. You know what I mean? Like just non-English name this time. Yeah. Uh, it's called Super Home Swasankat. Super. How do you say that? Super Home Swasankat. Huh, okay. I took a couple of years of French. Uh, anyway, so you're uh, you're going through this open world where you can kind of like uh, move around, 
openly and freely throughout the world and you're you're building structures, you're getting points for things, you're hmm. collecting things and as you sounds go through cool. it, I, I kind of like the way this sounds. Yeah, exactly. And your character is actually like apparently it's a really popular French character. Like I, I don't know if I've ever heard of, of this. Character, I wonder if it was but... by Infograms because they were a French company before they became Atari. Oh, I don't know. I, yeah, I didn't. Maybe. I didn't see that in my what was research. It? Super Superhome Soixante-Quatre. Superhome Soixante-Quatre. But uh, can you write? Can you write the name of that down for me? Yeah, yeah. I, hang wonder, on a I wonder what that is in English. Yeah, here you go. Thanks, man. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Super on soixante quatre. But um, as you go through the uh, the game, it just it gets progressively more difficult, just like yeah. any good world building game gets. Like you start off in like Civ Five or something, where you're like, right. I promise I'm paying attention. I'm just googling the name real quick. I want to see what it translates to. But go ahead. Yeah, let me. I, that's the one thing I didn't look up actually. Yeah. So but go ahead. You uh you keep going and like you you know you progress further and further and you motherfucker. What? It's Superman sixty four. This is goddamn Superman 64 again. No. Super Home Swasonkant or whatever is Superman 64 in English. Son of a bitch. Four times, Nick. Four times now. You have recommended Superman 64. No, you are. Sacre bleu. I am not falling for this bullshit. I don't don't know what you're even talking about. I just looked up. Was there even a French version of Superman 64? Yeah, you know, according to your truth, there might have been. My truth. God. <laughs> Nick, we're done with Nick's picks. I've trusted you so many times. Super play. No, no. Super you know play, what? No. Everybody, tune in next week. We're going to talk about cheat devices. I'm Jeff Silvers. That's Nick Bryant. Don't play Superman Just 64. Just Nick Bryant. Goodbye. Au revoir. Tipping the Turtle is the only retro gaming podcast, but don't Google that. It's hosted by Jeff Silvers and Nick Bryant, with music by Nick Bryant and produced by Jeff Silvers. Follow us at facebook.com slash tippingtheturtle or email us at tippingtheturtlegaming at gmail.com.